0: Talk lines open now at
1: 247-2000. Talk lines open now on First City Forum. Hello, everybody. My name is Catherine Tatsuda, and I am so very thankful to be here with you today. It is a bit of a rainy Tuesday. It's March 22nd, and I do have some excellent news, though. It is officially spring. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. Um, you guys don't even know how like bursting with joy I am on the inside, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I fell in love with growing flowers a couple of years ago. It was my way of dealing and healing and processing and pouring, you know, energy into something and working with my hands. And so now I'm like, oh, it's spring. I I I, I can uh, I can see my tulips sticking up, and I started some dahlias. And anyways, this is not the Catherine talks about her garden show. This is First City Forum, and we talk about all things that involve community in one way or another, and I am really thankful and excited to have a friend of mine on the show. Jack Finnegan is here. Jack has played many roles around town. I know he. you currently work for First City Players. You've worked in tourism. I think during the summer you do um, charter, fishing. charter fishing, and yes, and you have a very new and exciting, <laughs> oh my gosh, purpose, business opportunity, giant work, in progress. giant work in progress that is getting a lot of attention from organizations in Southeast Alaska because it is innovative and purpose-driven and all of the things. So, uh, And Jack won. He recently won a $25,000 grant to support his business idea from Spruce Root. We'll dive into what Spruce Root is and all that stuff. He was just at the the Juno Economic Development Innovation Summit and won an award there. And so I was like, Jack needs to come on the radio and talk with me and tell us all about what it is that he's doing, what the process has been. It's just, you know, we have there's so many conversations about economic diversity, economic development in Ketchikan. And I believe it was Dave Kiefer who said, he's like, you know, the way that we really create a solid system is we have a lot of people doing little things. And you are one example of something. And it's not little to you. And it won't be little to all of the the people that are involved and impact with it. But it it's you doing something and and taking steps to help the economy and so yeah hello and welcome and the community, and the community. You, yes you, it's great to yes
0: be here. I really appreciate you having me on the show uh,
1: so tell me yes where would you like me to begin well with? let's see here let's how about, a, how how about, about beginning? <laughs> you begin at the beginning yeah <laughs> sure. that's perfect well the um,
0: the the concept so I, t- the work in progress that we're talking about here is is a business that i'm developing uh called fishability uh, or fishability Alaska and the concept is to have a custom-built vessel a boat that is universally accessible so that people with disabilities can take advantage of the on- the water offerings that we have here in and around Ketchikan and uh, you know from a from a business standpoint the idea is to drive profits through uh, uh, charters for tourists here right and there's a there's a significant portion of people who cruise who do contend with disabilities of one kind or another. Um, But for so many people who want to get out on the water, if they use uh, assistive devices for mobility like wheelchairs or scooters, there aren't really a lot of options for them. And the options that are available for them, at least here in Ketchikan, aren't necessarily customizable. The Aleutian Ballad is a vessel that is universally accessible, which is terrific. I'm glad they have that availability. But they're a larger vessel. It's a fixed route tour Uh, And so someone who had use of a wheelchair, for example, they could get out on the water, but they're they're not going to go fishing on that vessel. Um, And it is, you know, a a larger group, a larger crowd. They're not going to have that maybe the same intimacy and immediacy of contact that they would have on a smaller charter boat. The vessel that I have in mind, and I'm in conversation with a boat builder right now down in Washington State who have built accessible vessels in the past, so they know what's involved, they know they know what's required, would be a six-passenger vessel. And my uh, part of my business model is to have uh, direct communication with clients whenever possible. If Because most people with disabilities, when they're traveling, they tend to uh to plan their travels well in advance i know that largely because of research done by an organization a nonprofit in illinois called the open doors organization and every 5 years for the last 20 odd years they've been publishing a study based specifically on the travel interests and needs of americans with disabilities and i uh i purchased their 2020 report which covered it's actually kind of perfect for me because um uh, the years of study that were included in that in that report were 2015 to 2019, so when cruising was still very much underway pre-pandemic. Uh, so the numbers were pretty robust, and it's, it's pretty incredible not only how many people with disabilities travel and cruise regularly, but how much money they spend, how much money they – I mean, the amount of money they spent, people with disab- – Amer- traveling American adults with disabilities spent on excursions in those five years – compared to the previous five years, had more than doubled to $3.1 billion. Oh, my
1: gosh. Billion dollars. Yeah.
0: Right. Obviously, that's not all in Alaska. That's not all in Ketchikan. Um, But by my estimates, there are tens of thousands of people who cruise to Ketchikan every year in a typical cruise ship season with some form of disability, and at least 8,000 of those have some form of mobility issue that requires the use of an assistive device. And I know I'm covering a lot of material kind of running in all different directions here at once. But uh, in my seven years, I'm entering my seventh year now as a charter captain. This will be my 10th season guiding on the water one of the things that uh, Baranoff has done, I've been working for Chuck Slagle at Baranoff Fishing for the past several years, and I've become the the point person, uh, the captain who takes on families who might have any kind of disability that they're dealing with, because I have 10 years of experience working with people with disabilities in various mm-hmm. capacities. Okay. So I, you know, I have, I have the experience, I have the training, I have the temperament and the disposition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but not all our boats are. None of our boats are universally accessible. Right. We can't accommodate for for all parties. And um, in the downtime of the 2020 season, when normally I would have been charter fishing all summer long, I, I had very few charters that year. I was grateful for the few that I that I did have. Uh, I had a lot of time to think, and I was thinking about the fact that um, like even if you go to Baranoff's website, Exclusive Alaska, if you if you do a search for for disabilities related charters, I'll be the first captain that pops up on mm-hmm. that page. And I was reflecting on that. I was thinking about some of the experience I've had working with people with disabilities. And it it occurred to me that in, in the event that there were a charter vessel available that could accommodate all parties, and I don't, you know, right now my focus is on mobility issues for two reasons. One, because I think they encounter the greatest barrier in terms of getting on a vessel. And two, because dialing into that, target market specifically communicates very quickly notion of accessibility I mean I, w- I would love in time if, if everything goes as as planned you know to continue gaining new trainings new experience so that I can start um, offering services to people with say sensory issues or you know it- anyway I'm getting ahead of myself there I was reflecting on the fact that I, I have this experience I just don't we don't have the vessel right so I thought hey you know if if such a vessel could be built, and I ran that vessel, I think I'd have pretty steady business with those families who travel here with maybe a, you know, a a father or grandfather who has mobility issues, maybe had a stroke and um, relies on a wheelchair for walking longer distances or needs some sort of support on board. Um, So it just kind of, I don't know, the idea entered my mind and um, just kind of knocked around in my brain for for a little while. And then, um, you know, time went by and Around this time, actually, last year, uh, it was maybe maybe mid-April. I was running errands and I was driving home, and I heard a radio ad for Spruce Roots Path to Prosperity program. Mm-hmm. And Spruce Root was only passingly familiar to me. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd heard of them. I knew a little bit about what they did. I had no idea how massive their The work that they do is and their
1: broad spectrum of support of businesses in Southeast Alaska. It's
0: really incredible. Yeah, but I became aware of the Path to Prosperity program, and I thought for that particular year, and for this year as well, they're coming up on their next uh, season, their next round of the Path to Prosperity competition. Their focus last year and again this year, because there were more entrants last year than any year they've had the program. Mm -hmm. I think they had fifty-three people participate in the first round. uh, Was on tourism-related industry in Southeast Alaska. Oh, and okay. And they're very focused on the what's called the triple bottom line. You know, right. Obviously, you want to have economic growth in your business. Uh, it's great, too, if you can be serving your community in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and also keeping in mind what you can do to be as sustainable as possible with your business's development or its performance or what have you. And I don't want to forget this point, because this is especially pertinent to the, the Spruce Root Program. While I want profitability for this business to be drawn by the cruise ship tourism that we receive in the summertime, I plan to keep the business in operation year-round because there are plenty of people here in Ketchikan and in surrounding communities, in Metlakatla, on Prince of Wales, uh, even in Hyder, who would love to get out on the water and just don't have the means to do so. So from an economic standpoint, yes, I think, I think with the number of people that come here that would take advantage of an accessible boat, would keep... For lack of a better term, the business afloat. afloat. Oh boy,
1: <laughs> Jeff
0: Carlson would be proud.
1: So proud. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but in terms of community service, yeah, that's it's absolutely something that that I would want to I would want to partner. For example, with nonprofits here in town who do provide services to people with disabilities, and, and see if there aren't ways to get our elders or our neighbors who are dealing with mobility issues or other disabilities out on the water. And it it doesn't have to be. I mean, the two the two offerings I want to plan, I want I want to make available in my first season, which I anticipate to be 2024, because it'll take some time to get the vessel built, and I am still raising the funds that I need for that vessel. I mean, while the twenty-five thousand dollars from Spruce Route is a major step in the right direction, it's it's a I've got a pretty long way to go to mm-hmm. get that boat. Secured. Um, but you know, so the, the two offerings that I, I plan to have that first year will be charter fishing, of course, and then wildlife and sightseeing trips. And then as I get a, a better sense of the, the vessel's performance uh, and its capabilities or limitations, and as I receive customer feedback, I might add trips to further destinations like the Misty Fjords National Monument. The vessel that I have in mind certainly has the range. But with respect to community, there are folks here who would love to get to foraging grounds or beachcombing grounds, or, you know, maybe they just need transit from here to Metlakatla from here to Hollis. And if, if those are the kinds of services that I can make available, then I would love to do so. And back to what you'd said about what Dave Kiefer has said about how we all play lots of, lots of little roles. And I think that's, that's one thing that I talk to even the clients on my charter fishing boat about is that people here in Ketchikan wear so many hats and serve so many purposes because we are this isolated community, and we depend so much on each other, and it, it, it compels you to develop multiple skill sets mm-hmm. so that you can play into the Ketchikan ecosystem,
1: right?
0: Uh, and it's it's one of the things that I love about living here is it challenges you to to really be the best version of yourself. So this was, you know, when it, it's it's a heck of a leap to go from sitting in my in my apartment a couple of years ago, wishing I was fishing and thinking about what else I, I might be doing. And then here I am a, a little while later, mm-hmm. and suddenly I've got, yeah, these first, that the Path the path to Prosperity Award. Uh, and I was that was one of two awards. There were, there were two. Um, there's a couple on Prince of Wales in Cassan, um, Bonnie and Stormy. I'm going to forget their last name now. Anyway, they've got the only museum on the island of Prince of Wales, and and they're doing some pretty significant expansions there, which is exciting. I'm excited for them. And I got to meet them in Juneau when I was at the Southeast Conference um, to receive the Path to Prosperity Award. So gosh, I know I've thrown a lot at you there. That's
1: amazing. There's more, no, course, there's <laughs> so much more. Well, so I've known you for gosh, I don't even know how many years. Six, seven eight seven, nine. Seven, eight, nine, something ten, like that. Yeah. yeah. We met through First City Players, people with First City Players. Um, we have similar friends, you sure. know. And so and you were working at Sale for yes, a number of years. Yeah, it
0: was the Orca, uh, well, just one 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 year, year there. Yeah. One year, yeah. Um,
1: was the Orca coordinator, yeah. Yeah. And then you were and then I knew knew you were you know guiding mm-hmm. you were doing fishing tours and you were you're also have a position now recently you've been at it for a couple of years now with first, city, first players. city players yeah the education yeah. coordinator there education coming up on and a half, two years, almost yeah. Two years now. yeah and so you know it's just like okay and you know jack's jack does these things but it's been a while since we've seen each other especially now that my grocery store is not there where right. we would bump into each other regularly yeah, pretty much daily <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and so when i let when i saw that you were that this was your business right so I had seen the name Fishability but I didn't know who was behind it and then I was a mentor for some sort of path to prosperity thing and Jack Finnegan was on this Zoom call and I was like what is this? <laughs> so I was really surprised. It it was, um, and th- just from being on the outside and not knowing you very well, sure. you know, but it really fits in with the experiences that you have had and the conversations that you've had. And then I, you know, seeing a need and taking those steps to actually to fill it so that, you, you know, good for you, good for the community, good for the world, all of yeah. those things. And I just think that that's beautiful. So, So, I just want to talk really quickly because probably a number of people on who are listening don't even know what Spruce Root is. Yeah. So we'll talk about Spruce Root and then explain really what that Path to Prosperity program sure. is. So I just learned about Spruce Root since I started my position within Tongass Federal Credit Union. Well, I'd heard about it before because I had heard about the Path to Prosperity program, but I didn't really understand what they were. But um, Spruce Root is a nonprofit organization that's based in Southeast Alaska, and its entire purpose is to support, nurture, and finance businesses in Southeast Alaska. So they provide free or very low-cost business coaching and classes on business, ranging from business basics, they do uh, business writing, financial projections, a number of different uh, areas, and they will work individually with people for free, which is incredible Amazing. it's
0: incredible
1: yeah it's incredible yeah
0: and and they are incredible people right everyone i've interacted with both through the program and then just in ancillary manner have, have just been so thoughtful patient understanding eager to help mhm positive
1: Knowledgeable,
0: knowledgeable, yeah, very professional. Yes, it's, an, it's an, an incredible team.
1: Yeah, and then they also do, and this is a, where you know you're you're trying to raise funds for your boat, and that's where a lot of small businesses kind of have a roadblock is in funding. How am I going to fund this great idea that I have or this really phenomenal business plan? And so and so, Spruce Root is kind of a. It, they're not your first place that you go to to get funding. Um, you there's Channel. There's things that you need to do in order to qualify for funding through them, but it is available. And uh, there are many, many, many organizations in Southeast Alaska that have utilized, you know, not just that education, but the funding piece that they do as well. And part of Spruce Roots program is the path to prosperity. Business competition is really what it is. And it's been, I don't even know how long it's been in existence, Um, but they've, I was just on there webpage. So it says, over the past eight cycles, they've received applications from 291 businesses and startups in 23 Southeast Alaskan communities.
0: Yeah, and 53 of those applicants were for last year's program. Yeah. And that's the reason they've decided to use the same theme again for this year's right. competition. So right. it'll, it'll again be tourism-related businesses here in Southeast. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so Spruce, so it's a competition. You come with a business idea, you go through. They actually do, they have like classes and well, the, workshops? Yeah, or- the, the
0: initial the initial phase, uh, the, the application was... Fairly straightforward. You needed to, and it's different too, because it doesn't have to be a startup like mine. It can be an existing business that wants to have an alteration or a change or an expansion of some kind, as long as it fits the parameters which they detail on their site. So the the application, the initial application took me a day or so um, to complete. and. And then it was just you know off into the ether. And their panel, their their panel of experts, or maybe it was them themselves. I'm actually not sure who reviews those those initial applications. Uh, picked or selected twelve of those initial applicants of those fifty three. And those twelve finalists are all uh, taken to their business boot camp, which mm-hmm. is typically uh, it's an all expense paid trip up to Juneau. This past year, obviously, it was not. The same right. <laughs> drill. So we had the uh, we had the the business boot camp as a virtual event, but it was still incredibly engaging and just so much information and new knowledge to be gained. At the end of that second phase of the competition, the twelve finalists are to compose a business plan and financial projections, which they then submit um, about a month and a half after the business boot camp concludes. Those business plans, financial projections, and a pitch video are uh, reviewed by a number of professionals in various fields and scored on a rubric. That you, as a competitor, you get to see the rubric, so you get to know what's like what's the most important thing, which is extremely helpful. For I'd never written a business plan before, mm-hmm. and it's it's easy to get tied up and tie yourself up in knots on one portion. You look at the rubric, you realize this is only five points of eighty. I don't need to make myself crazy. Yeah, this this section here is twenty five points. I should spend a little more time on this. Anyway, you submit those those three elements the the projections, the business plan, and the pitch video, and then in February we got the call. Yeah. So.
1: Yes.
0: And I got the call. <laughs> and you got the call. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It was it's it's pretty incredible. And uh, I mean I'm you know I'm I I don't even I I still can't really believe how quickly things have shifted for me. You know you go from having an idea. And thinking, well, that's an idea. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm yes, I'm going to the southeast conference. I was just, as you mentioned, in Juneo for the Innovation Summit. Uh, you know, I'm talking to this boat builder. I'm talking to financial organizations. I'm meeting with professionals, and it's
1: yes, a little
0: overwhelming. But to your earlier point about the need, mm-hmm. this is to me this has been the recurring theme: is that whenever I talk to people about what it is that I'm trying to do it seems like a no-brainer. People are like, why, why isn't this happening already? <laughs> you know? And I, I firmly believe that in the years to come, especially, I mean, even new cruise ships that are being built are more accessible. And I think in the years to come, as more boomers get older, as more people, as they age, you know, we're all, uh, one in four Americans contends with some form of disability. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a mobility issue. There's all kinds of issues that people have to deal with in their daily lives. I truly believe that the trend not just in cruise ship tourism, but in tourism generally, is going to be toward expanding and increasing accessibility to accommodate these individuals who want to travel and have every right to get out on the water. And we should remove as many barriers as possible. And if I can be sort of on the, you know, the, the leading crest of that wave, I'm happy to be, because the need is real.
1: The need is real. The need is real. Is there any other business, like, is there another business in Southeast Alaska that is doing something similar that you uh, know of?
0: In Southeast, specific to, uh, that was a That's oh, it. there's a deer. Oh, there's a
1: deer. How Spe- fun. Specific to, specific to
0: disabilities. Um, not, not that I am presently aware of okay there are other in fact when i when i was thinking i was on one of the few charters i had that summer when the when the name fishability came into mind for me and just a quick internet search just to see like hey somebody doing this right actually there are a couple of businesses that are doing something somewhat similar to what i have in mind that use the same name yeah there's a, a a cohort of charters in australia um that have a program called Fishability. And it's not that they've built boats to be accessible, it's that they do everything they can to make the boats they have accessible, accessible. to right to people through that program. Right. There's also a program uh, that's run, I think, through the University of Maine Uh, It's called FishAbility. It's stylized though with a capital A in the middle of the word. And their focus is more on commercial fishermen or fisherwomen who have sustained some form of injury that have made it harder for them to do the work that they normally do. Okay, so very uh,
1: different. Very. That's a yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still getting
0: people out on the water. Yeah. uh, But those are, I mean, they're those those folks are working. Yes. It's not just charter fishing. Yeah. uh, Or or sightseeing trips or what have you. Yeah. Um, And that's also one of the reasons I decided when I originally. Uh, applied to, to a path to prosperity, I, I just call the business fish, fishability. And now I'm moving toward calling it fishability Alaska, just to make the distinction.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't want any weird trademark letters no. or cease and desist <laughs> things or anything exactly. like that. Right. I do know I do have a a friend uh, who are entrepreneurs, and that happened to them. Oh. Some organization down south like sent them a cease and desist letter because oh they were using a a word that uh is a directional word <laughs> like that is very generic and they're oh. like you need to stop this this is our brand it was wild yeah very, so mm, you just i know really frustrating you just never know no it's so, true off topic yeah. way off topic yeah. so t- summer 2020 you had this idea that just like that just kind of popped into your head and isn't it funny how the universe works and time is you know for
0: sure yeah Um, yeah i I very vividly recall standing at my at my apartment window sipping a cup of coffee thinking about this idea and i remember exactly the moment that the, the 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 name fishability popped into my head. I was just back from a fuel run and one of those charters heading back into the Thomas Basin and the idea occurred to me. And as soon as I got off the boat, I looked it up and yep, okay, there's a couple of businesses using the name, but none of them are here. Right. But back to your your question about Southeast, if there are other businesses here that are doing something like this, if there are, I would love to know about it. I'd love to talk with them, right. to learn from their experience, yeah. to to see, you know, I mean, any I, I don't see this business as being in competition with anybody. Mm -hmm. I I am so keen to be partnered with any organization or business here in town who might not be able to accommodate but want to give people an experience on the water. Like, I'm not trying to poach anybody's business, I'm just yeah. trying to increase accessibility. You,
1: and and that's exactly what it seems to me, you're just expanding the options. Exactly. And the opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, right. yeah. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. Sure. We're going to listen to some messages from our sponsors and then we'll be back with Jack Finnegan learning more about his new business that is in the making, Fishability, and talk about process and all of that good stuff. And uh, I'm going to take some notes because I'm going to ask him some stuff and learn some lessons. <laughs> all right, guys, We'll be back in just a couple minutes. To hold on and we are back on first city forum hello friends it is spring I am literally springing with joy it's coming <laughs> it's coming from my insides out into the studio hopefully to you out there We are having a great conversation with Jack Finnegan who is um, an unexpected entrepreneur Perfecter that's yeah he had a little idea planted in his brain back in early or I uh, summer of 2020 he's a uh, was a charter fisherman and wasn't able to take anybody out fishing. And had this idea for a business, and then you know here we are, almost not even two years later, and you have you have a business plan. You've won uh, several, a couple of couple awards, of awards monetary awards yep. for this business idea. And so we were talking over the break, uh, you know, about uh, just about everything, and and talking about that idea of being an unexpected entrepreneur, just even having that so many people have ideas about a business opportunity or something that they could do to that they're interested in and but there's so many people who have those ideas but then actually don't take the steps to to make those things happen for numerous reasons there's you know there's a lot of reasons but so I was just really curious about you know what your experience has been going through it you know facing going into the unknown because again unexpected entrepreneur I don't, it wasn't really on your bucket list to be doing something like this. You're absolutely right. And and you're diving in head first. And so you're entering this realm of unknown absolutely where you're true. having to learn and grow and meet new people and
0: on the fly. On the fly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. How is that? Well it's
0: I mean it's it's overwhelming. I'm I'm extremely fortunate in that as we discussed earlier, so far most people have received news of this idea with enthusiasm or affirmation. And I, I think a lot of prospective business owners meet more resistance than I have thus far. And I will say that in light of um, the awards that I've received thus far, like those, I'm, I'm thrilled by them. I'm a little amazed by them. They also, they're a great buffer because I know the no is coming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when it comes, it won't sting nearly as badly because I've gotten off to such a great start. Right. But the, the great start is, is by virtue of, of two realities. One is that as we've discussed, the need is, is real, the need is there. And I'm I just happen to be fortunate enough to have the experience both as a as a captain and as a person who has worked with people with disabilities. I just have the right mix of experience. Second though, and absolutely critical for my experience, has been spruce root. Mm-hmm. That the bu- the business boot camp, no three-day session is ever gonna teach anybody everything they need to know about, especially something as Huge and amorphous as building a business, right? But the 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 way they have laid out the groundwork and taught me and the other competitors what's necessary, what's important, how to prioritize, uh, has has absolutely guided my the, the steps into the darkness, the steps forward mm-hmm. that I've been taking, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know where this concept would be had I not been part of that program. Mm -hmm. I suppose, I mean, I know there's a lot of resources, even here in town, uh, that can help a a business owner or a prospective business owner figure out what it is they need to do or Mm -hmm. how they need to tackle bringing their idea to life. I was just very fortunate that I was one of the 12 finalists through the Spruce Root competition and was able to attend that business boot camp.
1: Right. I want to talk really quickly. So I think I believe that that business boot camp is available outside of the Path to Prosperity program.
0: I know elements of it are certainly taught by Spruce Root. Yes.
1: Um, So if you, it's part of their programming. They have, um, I know that they do, like I had said earlier, they do business basics. They, you know, they do a whole slew of different, of programming. Um, I was on, I I was a, a mentor, a guest mentor for a a 3-day business program that Spruce Root did and that was back in maybe November I think that was not associated with the path to prosperity so spruce root is just a phenomenal resource if you you know if you miss the the path to prosperity entrance or you're just not really interested in it right now but you're curious about what it what it looks like and you know and how to build something and just even to figure it out you know and well, I was When I was the mentor, I think that there were 10 to 12 people from all around Southeast Alaska with all sorts of different ranges of business experience from, you know, there was a woman who is an illustrator who was wanting to possibly start earning income from her art or to expand on it. There was a gentleman up in the Haines area, who had a really well established uh, bicycle tourism business, I think, who was there to get some new insight and new knowledge. There was a woman who was a documentary filmmaker, it was a wide, wide, wide range of individuals with different Different business ideas, interests, strengths, experience. So, if you're coming in and you are absolutely brand new, don't be afraid no. to jump in. Yeah. You know, right? right. Yeah, and,
0: and and start talking to people. And it's one thing Spruce Root encourages you to do. Is, as we were building our business plans for the final phase of the competition, they they said, you know, it's it's a little nerve wracking to, to talk to other business owners, uh, even if they're doing something similar to what you are doing or intend to do, but. My experience, and I know a lot of the other folks that were in the program with me, spoke to the generosity with which we were met, you know. And I'm fortunate, too, that I I have several friends here uh, in Ketchikan who operate businesses that, if they're not exactly like what I have in mind, they're similar in size or in scope. And they were incredibly forthcoming with... Information about their experiences, challenges that they that they had to overcome, that they're still contending with. Right. Um, you know, warning me about things that you might not be paying attention to, that you need to think about yes. in advance, and um, and also like in things like customer discovery, when you're trying to find out, okay, who, what. Would I actually have customers if yeah. I were to do this thing? <laughs> right. You know, it's it's a little nerve wracking too to to talk to, to individuals and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, there's uh there is a real I mean that real vulnerability. You have to be be vulnerable and be open to sharing your idea and then, yeah, and make the ask because you'll get incredible things in right. return for it. And you
0: won't get those things if you don't make the ask. Right. If you wait for people to find you, people aren't looking for you. Yeah. So if you have an idea, you need you need to give it light and oxygen. You need to put it out there. Yeah. And I was fortunate in that one of the earliest, even before um, things had really gotten going for me with Spruce Root, uh, Jason Baldwin, who's a friend of mine uh, who works with KPU, He has either... I don't know if he's part of... Or just was aware of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, of the Ketchikan mm. Area Arts and Humanities Council. But he, what he, when he and I were talking about my idea, I think he was actually, su- I think he submitted, I think he made a, uh, I think he applied that year for the program, if I recall. I
1: think he did. I think he did. I think he did, yeah. I think yeah. he was looking
0: to upcycle uh, plastic materials to turn into fishing gear, I think was okay. the concept. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think he told
1: me about it. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's very vague. <laughs>
0: when, I, when I shared with him what I was intending to do, uh, he said that, he put me in touch with the diversity inclusion committee. And Mm -hmm. so I was able to have a meeting with them. And a lot of the folks on that committee, either they themselves have disabilities or they are care providers for people with disabilities. Um, And it was incredibly illuminating to get direct feedback about the concept I had and what may or may not work about it or, or considerations that I hadn't Thought yeah, of. Thought exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, and
1: that's, when you're diving into a completely new field that you don't know anything about. And you don't know what you don't know until you know it. That's right. And that, and you're learning on the fly a lot of times when you're and you know, so you're in the planning and the development phase, you're, you know, working on fun, you know, trying to secure funds to get your boat, that is going to be that's a completely different phase from what you're going to experience right. once you are in pre launch, right? So now all of a sudden, how am I going to do my scheduling? How am I going to collect payment? How am I do? I, how many people do I need to hire? Do I need to hire anybody? Like, what's my pricing? I mean, and then, then you're actually going to be on the water.
0: Right, right, (laughs)
1: right. With people, so there's a there's definitely a lot of phases. Get as many people behind you as you can. Find your champions and get people who want you to be successful.
0: No doubt. And identify the parts of the business that you are least likely to be an expert at. Right. Like like the bookkeeping side of things. Like that's you understand. I mean, you know, the more you unpack about running a business, even a small business, Mm -hmm. you know, social media management, bookkeeping, Mm -hmm. scheduling. You know, yeah. uh, maintenance. All of these different. I, I'm not a pro at any of these things. Right. I'm great with people. I'm good on the water. Right. <laughs> That's that's my starting point. <laughs> yeah. And yes, find those people who do know how to handle those things and either get their advice or hire them if you can afford yeah. it.
1: Well, and that I've been talking with, uh, so through my job with Tongass Federal Credit Union, it's, you know, it, it's, we're a community business development center. That's what the commons is. My role is, is to create programming and support that. And then I also do a lot of, you know, business consulting, business uh, coaching, um, just, and I'm don't, I'm not free like Spruce Street is, but I encourage people to, to utilize them because they're incredible. And, um, but it is, it's just like, find the experts and have conversations with them. I'm running a business book club right now. I have uh, five incredible women who are, we're meeting every week. We're going through a book that is a cash management system. I will share it with you so that you, you can, yeah. And it's because in business, like understanding your financials, knowing how to read your financial statements, but then knowing that there's a difference between what your financial statements are saying and then actually what the cash you have in 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 the bank, Mm. they're two, and what profit really is, are Mm -hmm. two completely different things. And, you know, and so our big conversation is talk to a tax advisor, talk to an expert, Mm -hmm. find an expert who can help you with this because it's going to be worth it for you in the long run.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And with respect, I mean, it does, it gets overwhelming pretty quickly. Even when I was writing the business plan, and I'm fortunate to having largely seasonal employment. I mean, I'm so grateful to work at First City Players, but my, my hours there are... It's about ten hours a week. So in the in the off season if I'm not fishing, and I was happy to be pretty busy last year with so many independent travelers, I, I had the advantage of having more flexibility in my schedule last fall when I was putting that business plan together. Nevertheless, it's something I would never done before and there were so many days, so many hours, where I was just tying myself up in knots because there were so many questions I didn't even know how to frame, let alone answer. Yeah. And the the best piece of advice I could give anybody that finds themselves in that sort of situation, whether you're a prospective business owner or if it's some other element in your life, is really you can only put one foot in front of the other and just try to. It's eating. It's the whole eating the elephant. Analogy. Yeah, one, bite at, one at a time. bite at a time. One bite at a time. Yeah, you can't <laughs> choke that whole thing down. You got to just go one little yep. piece. Just handle what you can yep. in this minute, in this hour.
1: Yep, that was. Uh, I used that in a recent business power hour I did. I said it multiple times. How do you eat an elephant? buy it at a one time. One bite at a time. And if you don't know, and you make this mistake, and then you adapt and you adjust and you try again, and it's, uh, yeah, business is it's it's exciting and it's exhilarating. And when you have something that is is such, uh, it's very mission-driven and purpose-driven. And in the world that we live in, that is becoming more and more of an importance for consumers, um, for just people in general, like they want to know that they're supporting something good that is doing good for more than just the business owner, you need to do good. So you can do good. But you <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, we don't want to just say, well, I'm just going to work for free, or I'm going to do this, but I don't want to make any money. You have to do good for yourself, the better sure. you do for you, the more you can do good for others. But it, it's a, it's an important part of it. And I think when to go back to, though, you know, you saw a lot of success, and a lot of people have been receptive to your idea, um, because there is a need, because it is very purpose-driven, and it's very niche, Mm -hmm. and that's, especially when, if we were going to dive into, I just want to talk about the importance of having a really strong niche when you go into business, or understanding who you're going to be serving, what you're going to be doing, and how you can be doing it better than anybody else that's out there, so... That's a powerful piece yeah. that I think a lot of people sometimes yeah. miss. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and,
0: and I, I think having identified this niche is what has given me so much of the forward momentum that I've had yeah. right now. Yeah,
1: yes, definitely. So. so, so you're working on securing funding for a boat. Yes.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, <gasps> it's 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 probably going to be in the vicinity of $400,000 to get that boat put together. And one of the challenges with an 18-month build time is that I'll have bills to pay before I can generate any revenue, right. so that's one consideration. The advantage, though, the little silver lining that I find there is that gives me time to, to get the word out, to, to start, again, customer discovery, to, to get myself on the radar of those people who are planning their trips well in advance um, and uh, that's one of those elements of, the, of building the business that is still, you know, until I secure the funds, until I get yeah. the boat in production, it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge. But bit of a I'm challenge. Working on. You're that. working on it. I'm working on. <laughs> and that, if you,
1: you want know? it, yeah, I mean, uh, that's like you fight for yeah, it. Yeah, so. I got a little bit closer
0: last week at the innovation summit. I was lucky to win. There's two awards there. There's a pitch contest. Uh, at the Innovation Summit that's sponsored by Alaska Airlines. And um, they award two prizes. One is uh, there's a panel of judges, and um, then there's also a People's Choice Award. Mm. And
1: uh,
0: (laughs) I did not win the judges' uh, prize, but I did win the People's Choice Award, which meant that the other attendees at the summit – when they voted on the pitches that they had heard, they selected mine as one that they saw as, as having value and a, a yeah. being, as you've mentioned, purpose-driven. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that is, I mean, I, I, I love taking people fishing. I love getting out on the water. I love meeting people from all over the country and the world. Um, I'm lucky that I've been able to have a pretty dependable income through charter fishing. I don't, People used to ask me if I ever planned on opening, you know, having my own boat, running my own. And I was like,
1: no, no way. <laughs> why? I don't have I f- have a great gig. Thank I, you. I
0: do. I mean, someone else manages the scheduling, the insurance, the maintenance, the fuel, the, I mean, all of it. The
1: employees, the I, team, the people. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I show up, I take people fishing, I go home. That's my job and I love it. It's yep. fine. Uh, but now finding myself in a very different position, it's not, it's, it's not because, I mean, of course, as you mentioned, I I need the business to do well so that I can continue to to, to provide the kind of services that I have in mind. I am so much more interested in filling this need Mm -hmm. than I am in creating some sort of new revenue stream for myself. Right. I'm fortunate enough to, to have had good, reliable, steady work in the years that I've lived in Ketchikan, and I hope that I always have that opportunity but this is this is important to me because it'll be important to the people who take advantage of what I plan to offer.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love that. I I my family. Well, you know. So everyone knows the story of the Tatsuda f- maybe not everybody, but a lot of people do, you know, the grocery store and the generosity and the kindness and being a great employer and all of those things. And that's, that's awesome. And I'm proud of that. And I'm, you know, so many of my values and who I am is, is, is embedded in, in that. But I also have another side, which is on my mom's side. And that, and disability was close to home for on that side my grandmother had gotten polio in the late 1950s she survived thankfully but she was left permanently disabled with limited uh, mobility she couldn't you know she couldn't use her hands properly there was you know there was sh- there was a lot of challenges and so i grew up in in that space with a heart for and a compassion for for that you know and and then also my mom's brother ended up having some uh, permanent brain damage that left him unable to live independently and so anyway so my, and my sister works in Seattle she's the executive director for the Arc of King County which is uh, a nonprofit organization that works with and advocates for uh, people with disabilities ranging from you know families they work and, and provide services for people with them and then also support for the families and friends to build community around that too so so this just just for me is uh, it's a very personal, uh, it's a very personal thing, and I think that it's just lovely and special. And it just, and it opens doors to the beautiful world that we live in that many people don't ever get to experience. Right,
0: right, yeah. And for those travelers with disabilities who do come to Ketchikan, and we have to remember too that, again, I mentioned this earlier, not not my. My sole focus is not on mobility issues. That's just one. Of, that's a strong part of my focus because not all disabilities are visible. Right. You know, not all disabilities are physical. No. And that's why it'll take me some time and, again, customer feedback and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, more communication with organizations that are working with people with disabilities and drawing on the experience. I mean, six of the ten years I've had working with people with disabilities was at an adult daycare center in Brooklyn, New York mm. that focused on Alzheimer's disease and related dementia. And sometimes there were physical disabilities that were... You know, also experienced by the the registrants that we were providing services for. But um, you know, a lot of lot of cognitive issues, a lot of sensory issues, mm-hmm. and eventually, I would like FishAbility to offer as many adaptable services. Um, adaptive devices as possible to give as many people as possible opportunity to take advantage of the extraordinary place that we that yeah. we call home here. And then again, too, for, for members of our community who, who may want to get to a Forest Service cabin for example, or, or out to old foraging grounds that they've not been able to get to forever mm-hmm. for how many, how many years, what have you. Uh, that's incredibly important, and so too is providing those services to their friends, their family members, their care providers, their companions. Yes, you know many people who travel, uh, even on, especially on cruise ships. There's a lot of multi-generational travel. You know, grandparents traveling with their children and their children's children, and there's also a new trend in what's called skip gen or skip generational travel, in which grandparents and their grandchildren are traveling together yeah. without the, the middle without generation, the, without the
1: parents, exactly. right? right? Yes. Right. <laughs> Wait, I need to have a conversation with my parents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but with respect to families or, or groups like that, who who may be coming to Ketchikan and, and want to just you know take take a take a stab at catching a salmon or just yeah. get out to see some seals or a, yeah. a whale or some orcas, you know. Yes. The, the thought that, that what might not be easily accessible to them now would become accessible through this business is really part of what drives me.
1: Yeah. I it's I don't know, I talk a fair amount about this, but some, when you grow up in Ketchikan when you're just here and you're here for a long time we just kind of get used to what it's like and like all of a sudden like going on the boat is nice but there's a lot of people who never do or it's not as incredible or as amazing as maybe you know it would be. I recently back in December traveled to Belize I was in Belize for two weeks and we spent uh, 10 of those days down in Plasencia which is in southern Belize it's a peninsula that's um, along the southern coast and we did so many boating activities while we were there we uh, you know we it was (laughs) it was amazing we took a little uh, we took a riverboat cruise up into the jungle and got to see turtles and look for alligators and saw amazing birds and we got out of the boat and went hiking around in the jungle like looking for howler monkeys which we found in the wild we saw like a highway train of leaf cutter ants we and then we also like we did a charter fishing we went deep sea fishing and experienced experienced that. We and it was like it was it was in Belize, right? And it's gorgeous, but it reminded me so much of Ketchikan and the incredible beauty that that we have and with these amazing animals and birds and everything that sometimes when we're in the day to day, not so special unless it's a whale jumping up out of the ocean or something, (laughs) you know. And so just thinking about from that perspective of travelers or people who come to Ketchikan or those who aren't able to experience that here, who live here very often, what an incredible gift that that you will be giving people and it, being able to expand the world, bring joy to their heart and some peace and time in nature. Yeah,
0: and just to reclaim this, that, 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 that such a huge, I mean, I say in my pitch, I say in my business plan, getting out on the water is a crucial component of life here in Southeast yep. Alaska. And for an able-bodied person like myself, if someone says, you know, hey, we're going fishing on Saturday, we're going out to Helm Bay, you want to come along, we're going to pull some crab pots. I'm like, yep, here we go. And I don't have to think about it. Right. But if I were a person... Contending with various disabilities or mobility issues or what have you, it would be: Can I go? How right. do I go? What will be required for me to go? Yeah, you know, can they even take me on board? Yeah, so yeah, I like to think that uh, if there's a boat in town that can do that, yeah, those things become possible.
1: Definitely, definitely. So
0: I do want to say I do want yeah. to say I know Alan Marine has. Um, they have a great deal of accessibility mm-hmm. available on their vessels, which I think is terrific. But it, I think because of um, like certain electronic scooters, are, they sit a little low, that cross, crossing on the gangway makes oh, okay. prevents their boats from being universally accessible. So okay. that's one of the considerations. You know you'd, you'd ask me about the nature of the vessel um, itself, and I'd love to touch on that if we have time. Yeah, we
1: have. If you can do it in a minute.
0: Sure. Yeah. I also just recently learned that there is a charter operation in town. There's a fishing vessel, I can't recall which one, that does have room for, that is... That can accommodate wheelchairs. Okay. But again, that's not their focus. Right, right. Um, As for the boat itself, though, uh, the one I have in mind, it's a landing craft. The the bow folds down. That's one bit of access, point Mm -hmm. of access there. The other is a customized double-wide gunnel door. So if the boat is right up against uh, a dock, we can just open those double doors and a wheelchair can come right on board.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Jack Finnegan. Thank you. I love I love what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your experiences again. Unexpected entrepreneur. Um, but you know, you got your heels in it, you're neck deep now, and you're making it happen. So we'll be keeping an eye. And then I'd love to hear, you know, I think, you know, Wes. we're getting up to 2024, how things are going for you. Yeah, I look forward to the same. <laughs> yes, awesome. Thank you guys, everybody out there so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. I'll be back tomorrow with Deborah Asper and a police officer, a mystery police officer. And we're going to be talking about what's going on at the Catching on Wellness Coalition and their great event called Hidden in Plain Sight that is scheduled to happen at the mall next Saturday. All right, you guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon.